For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Detroit Lions fans, what is going on? Welcome to Believe in Lions, right here on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Derek Gokri. This is Monday, May 18th, coming to you on the show. Thank you for joining. This is the show where I believe in the Detroit Lions, and by the end of this episode, so will you. Now, we've been talking about a lot on the show. I mean, we, we got through the draft, my favorite time of year. We've kind of been dealing with this craziness that's going on in the world. Are we going to have football? Are we not going to have football? Tried to give you guys some different shows. Today, we're going to have one singular topic, and I'm super excited about it. Because today, we're going to do the way too early 53-man roster for the Detroit Lions. I mean, I still think they're going to add a crazy piece here or there. Going to make some great moves. And uh, keep adding to this roster. But we're going to look at what they have right now and try to trim this thing down to 53. The guys they will, you know, bust out there on a Sunday uh, once we get back to football. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to use what they have now. You know, just talk it through. Have some different things. So so we'll get to that here in a moment. Um, no real big news with the Lions. I, I know NFL head um, facilities are opening up, I think, this week to some degree now. Here in Michigan, we're still on a lockdown until June 1 at the earliest, I believe. So, you know, the the thing is I've heard with the NFL is that they're not going to let coaches and players in the facilities unless all teams are able to do so. So I think the Lions will be one of those where they're not going to be able to get their coaches and players back in the facility. But I do think that you'll see some movement here once we get to the end of the month and flip the calendar over to June, mid-June, July, you'll really start seeing things ramp up. Hopefully we can all get past this, but no other real big transactions. But like I said, the last few days I've been uh, here at the DTO scouting office here at my, uh, at my place. And I kind of put together a board with kind of their main you know, players on the team. And then I sort of, uh, you know, worked on it a little bit, decided to trim it down to 53. So, um, you know, some players I left off just cause I feel like they're so far down the roster, you know, it's, they're not going to make a huge impact. Other ones are on the fringe. I'll talk a little bit about those, but I'll focus mostly on the guys that I think will make the team make impacts. And we'll talk about where they're playing, how I see it all working and, uh, all that kind of stuff. So again, before we get into that, if you guys can please hit that subscribe button, um, really helps out the show as well as you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Derek Oakery. That's spelled D E R E K. O-K-R-I-E. Love talking football, fantasy football, sports in general, obviously Detroit sports first and foremost, but uh, really have fun on there talking with all the different listeners, fans, different people out there. Always a good time uh, when I have time available. And uh, and 
you know, you can find us here on the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Google Play might be having some issues. I got something they're flipping over their their deals. So if you normally listen via Google Play, they they may be switching some things over. But we will be on uh, that platform, uh, Luminary TuneIn, and then uh, basically any other podcast platform you'd want. If you'd want to sponsor the show or any other shows on Believe.com, uh, you can head to their website and uh, they'll be able to help you out, get you set up. Super excited to uh, bring on some sponsors uh, here, I believe, for this show and then hopefully moving forward. So, And who knows? I, th- there's been some talks about some guests. Maybe uh, maybe get a former player here eventually and next week. I believe next week is the week that we'll have Logan Lamarandier from Lion Lowdown as well as um, a lot of the writing that he does with SI Sports Illustrated. So really excited to have him on as well. But... Uh, let, let's not mess around. Let's uh, stop uh, stop with all this and let's get into some Lions football. So I'm going to um, move on over to this board that I created and just start talking you through. Might as well start with the offense. So, um, you know, when I start looking at this 53-man roster, I mean, I think we just start at the quarterback position. I mean, Matt Stafford seems to not only be healthy, but he seems to be really excited about, uh, you know, just where he's at in his career um, his back, he seems to have no no worries. He can obviously make every throw on the football field, do some things. So he, he's the starter. He's locked up for another two, three years. I feel like, you know, trying to continually put a team around him, but uh, just need him to play at that optimal level. So you're going to have Stafford back there and Chase Daniel, the backup that we brought in this year. I mean, Chase Daniel to me is a guy that He's better than our um, backups we've had. I feel like he's in that Sean Hill type category where he's he's seasoned, but he's never really done much. Uh, he can come in at a pinch and sort of run all your offense, maybe make a few throws, but he's not going to do a ton for you. The best part, I think, about Chase Daniel being the backup is him and Stafford are our buddies. They've, uh, you know, grew up in Texas together and seem to have a really good rapport. So I think that... Um, That'll be good, as well as just two veterans that can sort of talk through football together. That, that'll be a better situation than we've had the last couple years where it's either been a, a really low-level draft prospect or maybe these guys that haven't played much in the league or don't have much experience. You know, that really doesn't add what you're looking to add when you're talking backup quarterback. So I like that situation. Two backup QBs is what I'll go with on my 53. Let's head down to the running back position. I mean... When I first laid this out, kind of going in, you know, almost in ranked order or how they'll see the field. I mean, I had DeAndre Swift first, the new rookie, number 35 pick overall, kid out of Georgia, can do it all. What I'm hearing is that, you know, that they will still be starting carry on Johnson. I mean, he's obviously been here longer. He's a he's a talented player. He's been injured. So I, I believe Carrion will kind of get those first touches. Now, I do think Swift is a superior talent. He can catch it. He can pass protect. He can he can run it. He's shift, more shifty. He's got a little more juice to him overall in Carrion. So I think you'll probably see Swift be that number one back here before it's too 
far down the road, but Carrion Johnson to me is a guy that is what 23-ish, 24 years old, somewhere in that range, and he's he's shown glimpses. He just hasn't been able to stand on the field. I think this is best case scenario for Carrion is that he can now you know team up with Swift. You know if one guy's a little ding, the other guy can go in. If they're both rolling, that's great too. So you know one A one B when you're talking about Carrion Johnson and DeAndre Swift, they got those guys up top. Um, you know, I'm really hoping both Scarborough makes the roster. I feel like he showed some things last year and everybody was really high on him. I don't think he's a deadlock. I don't know exactly what Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia feel about him. Um, I also feel, you know, we are at third running back position. So there's not many teams that have a 23, 24 year old, big old running back like Bo Scarborough in their backfield. So it could be worse, but um, I'm hoping he's that number three guy at a little thump. He's still young. He came from Alabama. I think he could be a really good player. So I put Bo in that category. Um, after that, I mean, I only have four RBs here in my, in my 53. It was kind of a hard, you know, spot to make. Now I know a lot of people love Huntley, the guy they took in the fifth round, I've watched him. I think he has some electricity. I heard somebody, this is crazy, <laughs> that sort of compared him to Tyreek Hill. I mean, if he's anything like Tyreek Hill, that'll be the greatest draft pick in a long time for the Detroit Lions. But I don't see that when I watch him. I see a, a smaller school guy with a little bit of speed and the ability to catch it and run it. But I didn't see anything that jumped off the screen to me um, that he's going to make a huge impact in, in year one here. So I actually have him on the outside looking in, you know, hopefully he'd be a practice squad guy or, you know, I could see him making the bottom of the roster, but right in this first scenario, the way, 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 way too early 53 man roster. I've got Huntley off and I got Ty Johnson in there. I mean, Ty Johnson to me, I've said it on other shows. Guy hasn't done a dang thing in the league. He didn't make any plays last year other than training camp at preseason. He showed a couple flashes. I, I think he just looks like a, a three, four type running back in the NFL. He's, he's big enough. He's fast enough. He seems to be, have what it takes to play that type of role. Um, I like him in kick returns as well. I, I'd probably put him back there. We'll get to that here in a bit, but Ty Johnson to me made it as that fourth RB and uh, I feel pretty good about it. Before we move over to the wide receivers, uh, just to make it known here too, I did bump uh, Nick Bodden out. I feel like the Lions drafted him. They were going to do this, you know, fullback smash mouth type of thing. Guys hasn't been on the field. Doesn't seem to make a big difference. You know, NFL seems to be um, no fullback. I don't know why the Lions would continue to go that route unless they think it's absolutely, you know, essential. So I bumped Bodden off the roster. So just keeping those four RBs, that's it. Uh, no no fullback. Uh, I thought I've. When I get to the tight ends, you know, there may be some H-back rules or some flexibility and versatility there, but uh, he's going to be off the roster for me. So um, quarterback and running back, you know, the the three people you see kind of on the outside looking in are uh, David Blau at the quarterback position, Huntley and Bodden. Let's move over to wide receivers. Uh, you know, we got Kenny Galladay there as the dead set number one. I've been a big supporter, but as I've said before, I, I don't think he's the elite of the elite. I feel like he's a really good receiver on a very good overall offense for the Detroit Lions, but not a guy that's going to put the fear in a defense by himself. He has been better every year, which is encouraging, but I, I, I think he's the number one on the Lions. I'm not ready to put him in the top 10 of NFL receivers. He's probably 
12 to 15 for me. You guys have probably heard me talk about that before. You got Marvin Jones over there at number two. This is the last year from Marv. I feel like he's been a great lion. I feel like he's been a great guy in the community. I like when he makes plays. He's been injured the last couple years, which is disconcerting. But um, Marvin Jones is solid over there at number two. Uh, Danny Amendola playing in the slot as the third receiver. He's locked in as well. Really like his work ethic, his rapport with Matt Stafford. There's been a lot of reports about Stafford and Danny Boy out there uh, throwing routes and, and kind of have that friendship, you know. And, and when Matt Stafford locks on to like a, a newfound buddy, he likes to get him the football. We've seen that in the past as well. So um, those are your top three. Those are your dead set top three. After that, it's a little bit... Uh, I don't want to say dicey because I kind of like the Lions receiver depth compared to what it was the last year or two. But uh, in the fourth slot, I kind of had it was between Marvin Hall and Geronimo Allison. I mean, I think Marvin Hall gets the nod just because he has a special skill set that you don't see. So I I felt like Marvin Hall's speed as well as the kind of routes he can run can both get himself open deep and as well as just run those routes to let others come up underneath free and and things like that. So Marvin Hall is my fourth receiver on this team right now. Um, Geronimo Allison, the vet, gets the nod there at number five. Just uh, a lot of people just saying, you know, he's just going to be nothing or he just was horrible in Green Bay. I, I disagree. I feel like he he has some ability. He got a lot of pub a year or two ago in fantasy football. I think he can make some plays, especially when you're talking about the fifth wide receiver on a team. I feel like they fit some really nice role there. Can can be big enough to do some things, you know, in the intermediate as well as be able to still somewhat uh, stretch the field in different ways. He's got some things to clean up, no doubt about it. But I'm gonna put Geronimo Allison there at five, and then I got the rookie. I got Quintus Cephas making the roster here at the sixth receiver. Um, Cephas wasn't a guy that I had highlighted. You know, I've got oh, we got to go get this guy, but. The more I read about him, the more I look at him, I really think Cephas could be a nice piece. I could see Cephas coming in this year, be in this, you know, six-type receiver, split in time with Danny in the slot in different type of roles. Then next year, I could see Cephas either be in the slot receiver when Danny's gone or even maybe moving his way up to a number two. You know, I think you need a better number two than Quintus Cephas in the NFL these days. But this kid's big. He can go get it. He doesn't have blazing speed by any means, but he seems like that Lions type receiver where he's just body control guy, catch and run, go up over the top, you know, at times. But um, I I like his game a lot. You know, I kind of think it's going to be a sneaky, nice player, nice pick by Bob Quinn. So the receiver I have on the outside looking in, you know, on my, again, not going all the way to the bottom of the roster, but my guy, Travis Fulgham, I I only saw glimpses in the preseason and I couldn't put him on this 53 right now. So he's uh, he's on the outside again. I, I think he still would hopefully hang on the roster and can maybe be a depth receiver in 2021, but I just couldn't fit him on here on this this first setup I have. Let's uh, let's move to the tight ends. The tight end position the Lions invested heavily in last year. Uh, number eight overall, T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, I, I felt like Hawkinson's, Hawkinson blew up and then he just disappeared. I was really disappointed. He had some injury issues. He had some other things going on. But I think he's such a solid football player. You know, that hasn't changed. Like, is he ever going to be annual Pro Bowl type? 
Mm, I don't know. Maybe not. Probably not. Is he ever going to be a complete bum where he's going to drop a bunch of passes and, and be a complete waste of space out there? I don't think by no means do I think he's going to be that. I think he's just going to be really solid. Never have to worry about him off the field. He's going to make plays when he's open. He's never going to just you know, be the focal point that people look to when they play the Lions. But, hey, you're out there doubling up on Kenny. you got to deal with Marvin, Danny. I feel like Hawkinson's going to get open quite a bit, see him take a little bit of a step up this year, both in yards, catches, and I think he'd find the end zone a bit more as well. Oh, this next one pained me. It pained me to do it, but based on the contract and based on he can't be any worse, <laughs> I had to keep Jesse James, the outlaw there at the number two tight end. Uh, Jesse James, you got to step up. I mean, you were absolutely terrible this last year. Okay, they didn't use you. There's probably a reason they didn't use you because you look like a slug every time you got the ball and you could not make plays. I, I remember liking the signing. He's young, he's tall, he's made some plays in Pittsburgh, and I saw none of that in 2019. So Jesse James, you know, can't be cut. I think he's making five to six million dollars this year, which is just crazy. Need to find a way to get some production out of him, but right now he's just sitting in there at the number two tight end, based on contract and based on you know, hey, you got to bring something to the table. The third tight end I have here is Isaac Nada. I feel like he didn't get much play last year, but he's your guy this year that could play tight end. He could play H-back. He could maybe fill in with some fullback between him and Joe Dahl if you need that type of route or type of uh, role. And uh, decent in college. You know, I I think Daryl Bevel said he had the best hands in the draft, which is one of the dumbest statements I ever heard because you took a tight end at number eight. What, he doesn't have the best hands in the draft? But you took him eighth overall, and then you take Isaac Nada and with the sixth round, and, and you feel like he's got the best hands. I mean, there's that was just ridiculous. But this kid takes a step forward. I think that would be helpful to the offense, be a be a depth piece, be a guy that they could scheme up in a couple different roles. And I actually got a fourth tight end here. I mean, I this guy could be off the roster. Or it could be a practice squad type guy. I heard he had some injury issues. Just tumbled in the draft to undrafted. I mean, didn't even get drafted, but was PFS one of their top tight ends and had college production and just one of those guys that can go get the football in all types of different ways. So Hunter Bryant made my 53 here as the fourth tight end. I feel like he gives you that flexibility. He can play big tight end uh, receiver. He can also play, you know, slot type receiver with some of the things he does. So I, I like that versatility. I like his game. I feel like, you know, it gives us some insurance in case Nada and James are just, you know, not getting it done. Maybe maybe Hunter Bryant and Hawkinson could at least uh, play that role needed at the tight end position. So um, that's what I got there. Let me see. No, no real tight ends on the outside looking in. That's kind of just what I had there is those top four all kind of getting in. Let's go to the offensive line. We'll start with the tackles. Got Taylor Decker over there on the left side. I mean, I feel like the Lions love him. I feel like fans don't love him. I feel like his game's right in the middle. You know, it's kind of not great, but also not, uh, you know, not this crazy below substandard there, but he makes it out to be. Leave him over there at the left tackle. I think he can be really productive. And I uh, wouldn't be surprised if the Lions extend him and make him the left tackle for the next, you know, three, four, five years. He's... Uh, probably 24, 25 years old, somewhere in that range. And, um, you know, if you can get him at the right price, I feel like he's more than serviceable over there. Yeah, do you want a, a pro bowler? Do you want a Hall of Famer? Of course. 
but you know you can't have those at all positions and you can try to replace him but you're almost starting over whereas Decker is solid enough to keep it going I believe at the left tackle um let's see our other tackle Hal Vitae who brought him in at big money he's a pretty big wild card I could see him being a complete you know mess at times and I could also see him being better than advertised where people are really impressed by what he brings to the table it's kind of a wait and see I'd say on that um, Terrell Crosby is the flex tackle. He can play the left or the right side. Terrell Crosby gets beat up a lot for, you know, the fact that he just, you know, hasn't. They took him in the fourth round, fifth round. He's a fifth rounder, I think. Um, he, he's never really shown a ton, but when he has had to go in there due to injury, he, he's been he's been more than serviceable. You know, he's played both sides. He can go right in if Taylor Decker had an issue and 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 hold up over there. So that's a really valuable position. I feel like Crosby, when you hear him in interviews, or I've seen a couple of things, his mentality doesn't seem that right. Like he's not totally dialed in or not that that dog that you look for in the offensive line. He's just sort of a big dude that's decent on both sides. And the reason you value him is because of that flexibility as well as to be that backup I don't see him blowing anybody away in camp and earning some starting job I feel like that ship has sailed but I think Crosby is that nice swing backup tackle at a cheap price that you got late in the draft and uh, that's that can't be overlooked so those are your three tackles that made my 53 um let's see Bodine was the guy I think he's a uh, Bodine is more of an interior, so there really wasn't any tackles that I with big names or that anybody would recognize that I felt like had to be bounced off the roster here. Just those three are all we got. Now, when you move to the interior, uh, this was kind of a tough one for me. I did put Joe Dahl at that left guard position. You know, I, I started off, I want to put Stenberg there, but I think based on what I'm hearing as well as just kind of the, the practical approach would be to leave Joe Dahl there. Let Stenberg kind of get his feet under him and kind of, you know, get going and then hopefully transition into that role to add some nasty and some, you know, some grit to the offensive line. Frankie Ragnow is going to hold down the middle, of course. And then you've got, I got Jonah Jackson, the rookie over there on the right guard, starting from day one. Stenberg, your backup left guard, as well as uh, Bo Benchwal, I have as the backup flip guard and also center as well so those are those are the offensive linemen that i have here on this uh, 53 uh the guys that got bumped bodine i i bumped wiggins which i know they resigned him i bumped abushi uh oday abushi and i i even uh, i bumped josh garnett uh as well i just feel like you know we've already seen what wiggins and abushi can do nothing against them personally you know they're they're kind of low-level journeymen that come in, they work hard, they do the best they can, but I just feel like you got to go with the younger guys and the bigger upside, and uh, Garnett's just been out of the game too long. Wasn't really that great after he got drafted either, after he had some good college pedigree, so I, I felt like you know it's a really long shot for him to come in and make an instant impact, especially with how they drafted that position, so... Um, you know, those guys would get bounced from my 53 as well. And then to finish this out on the specialists, uh, you got Matt Prater kicking 50-yard field goals like it's his job. You know he's in there. 
Um, Muehlbach, uh, death taxes and Don Muehlbach, you know, he's going to be there until he can't be there anymore, which I think is actually coming up here pretty soon. I think in the next, you know, year, two, maybe three, uh, you got to move on from Don Muehlbach, but he, he's doing what he does and, and it's an important role. So good for him. And then right now our punter is Fox, you know, Fox is the new guy we'll have back there and he's got to be better than Sam Martin and he's a punter. So he can replace him basically any day of the week I want to, but I'll go with him for right now. So if I have that right, I want to say that's 27 players on the offensive side of the ball. Um, You know, when it, before I take my break, I feel like when you look at that, that the Lions offense is pretty sick. You know, like uh, when you're talking about, an offense that has running backs, receivers, tight ends, you know, um, you, you know, there's no, there's no world beaters. There's no guys you just look at and say, wow, that guy's a hall of fame or that guy's a, an all pro, but there's a lot of really good football players there. Some good depth as well. I think a lot of people don't realize how important depth is in the NFL that, yeah, you can have a couple stars, but if you got nobody behind them, the minute you start getting hit by injuries, you know, stuff just, falls off quick now people would say yeah well how do you believe b-l-e-a-v on the believe podcast network about the lions when they got injured last year and they didn't win a football game once stafford marvin cockinson you know carry on all your top pieces went down you had nothing behind them I, I, I get that, but you, I don't think in 2020 that you're going to lose your starting quarterback, your starting running back, your starting tight end, your starting top receiver. Um, you know, I just don't see that happening. So, and you just can't really plan for that to happen. But let's say, you know, Marv goes down or, or whatever, you know, you have a little bit of receiver depth you didn't have before. Let's say carry on gets dinged up again. Well, we got Swift. We got a Bo Scarborough in here now. And Ty Johnson is still a guy they have some belief in. So, you know, you can, you can make it work based on the depth that you have there. I think the lines can spread you out. I think they can come in every week and you have no clue who the top guy is going to be, who they're going to go to. Um, you know, like I said, none of these players are going to be people that you are actually overly concerned about every week. But I think it's really important to have an offense that you cannot really game plan for. You can't just take one guy away. They really do have this versatile, you know, go do anything they want on any play, play action, throw it deep underneath, you know, run the football, throw passes to Hawkinson. I think they got wep- uh, red zone weapons in Galladay, Hawkinson, Swift. Um, um, you know, I just, I'm just really excited about this offense. I feel like it's the, uh, it's the strongest part of the team, to be honest. And, uh, you know, the, the big question is the offensive line. How will those guys gel? Everybody, the minute, you know, things go bad on offense, they want to just blame the offensive line. Well, if Stafford just had time, or if, if, if we had a better offensive line, we could run the football. Like, people just love to go to that, but... I think it's more than serviceable as well as if you're going to go cheap or you're going to go, you know, at a spot where you're going to try to cut some corners, you know, interior offensive linemen or or just some of your guys up front, 
is somewhat the way to go in today's NFL. You know, if you look at some of the good offenses, they got a lot of good skilled players, and then you can't name anybody on their front, but they just get the job done. I'm hoping that's what happens with the Lions. So, you know, hopefully they can they can be potent. You know, they don't come in and say, oh, let's just slow it down. Let's run it and pass it 50% of the time. Hopefully they open up and let Stafford sling it and try to go out and score people as well as put the heat on other teams that, hey, we're going to spread you out across the field. You're not going to know who we're going to. We're going to be able to put up points. We're going to be able to run it, throw it, whatever we want to do. And you're going to have to try to slow us down instead of putting the onus on their defense, which we'll get to here in a moment. So, everybody, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back. We'll talk about the defense, who I've got on this 53, how they can impact the team, and what I think about the 2020 Lions defense. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, real quick before we get back to the show, I mean, while you're waiting out this whole craziness and you're waiting at home, you can still have some fun betting with our partners, betonline.ag. There's no NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, but don't worry. BetOnline has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. NASCAR is back, Madden, NBA 2K simulations, UFC, all types of things. And coming next Sunday... Bet Online has ex-Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, Bill Curry, and Craig Hodges joining to discuss the Michael Jordan doc on what they call After the Dance. There is still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline your online wagering solution. All right, everybody, we are back right here on Believe, B-L-E-A-V and Lions, the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Derek Oakery. Thank you so much for joining. Second part of the show, we're talking defense. We're talking Lions defense. And we're talking about the way, 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 way too early 53-man cut down that I've made here. I'm talking my way through it, trying to give you guys a feel what this roster might look like. We start on the defensive side of the ball. We've got to start up front with the defensive ends. I mean, we've got Trey Flowers. He's highly paid. He seemed to play pretty well last year. I know people want to see a little bit more from him. I think you will in 2020. He's your top defensive end. The next guy on my list is a guy that a lot of people forgot about. I still think he's a ball player. I think he can really help this team in a lot of different ways. I put him as defensive end. You can call him a defensive tackle. You can call him a versatile defensive lineman, whatever you want to do. Deshaun Hand out of Alabama is my guy. I think he'll have a bounce back year, healthy year. That'll really help the team. Let's see who else I got here. Uh, Romeo Okwara, the uh, other starter last year. I mean, he had a terrible year. The year before, he had much better than advertised year. I could see Okwara having a, a bounce back or at least a solid year to where he can be a rotational piece. He can get a little more pass rush, which would be nice. And I put uh, Austin Bryant, the kid out of Clemson, here as a defensive end. I feel like some of the things they've done at linebacker position, you might just be able to put Austin Bryant more with his hand in the dirt or just stand him up and have him come off the edge. This dude's a big dude. Austin Bryant is like 6'5". What was he, like 2... Gosh, I, I'm trying to remember if he was like 270-something, like somewhere in that range, maybe even more than that. He's a, he's a big guy that can move. I mean, um, I think he's a big edge. I think he's more athletic than people give him credit for. So I have four defensive ends making it here that... Uh, 
that basically bumps. I mean, I, I've got Cornell, Jay Sean Cornell, who they drafted uh, late in the or drafted in the seventh round, I believe, out of Ohio State. It's a guy that I just see as a practice squad or a guy that's getting bumped. He's kind of a defensive end, defensive tackle as well. And they really don't have a ton of depth at that position. So there weren't many other guys I felt like I had to cut or get off the roster. I just got those four guys and that's it. So I have a big question mark here of, of, of an addition that could be coming. And uh, I would love that at the defensive end position because I don't care what their philosophy is. If oh, we're going to rush up the middle and we're going to cover instead of rush the quarterback, you still need defensive ends and get after people, man. So they need another body or two at that position, in my opinion. Moving to the defensive tackles, you got big Danny Shelton there in the middle, kind of the nose tackle type. You've got Nick Williams from Chicago who had a nice year last year. I'm kind of undecided if he's going to be a plus piece or if he's going to be that guy that you're thinking, man, what a uh, either what a waste or what an overpay it was for him based on when they got him and that they didn't add much else to the roster. The rookie Penasini, I think they got him in the sixth round, I want to say, out of Utah. I mean, I, he's really good graded by PFF, Pro Football Focus. I feel like he's a guy that – just will do his role, will be very effective when it comes to plugging up the middle and doing his thing. I think it's a nice piece at a very low draft, um, you know, using a very low draft asset. So I'm kind of ex- excited to see what Penasini can do on this team. And I put Strong on this roster. I, I, I feel like Kevin Strong's a guy that showed some things and he's young. He's he, he just seems like he should be the fourth defensive tackle based on how I have it right now. I could see them upgrading the position. I could see them bringing in a vet too in the interior there and bumping a guy like Strong out of there, but that's kind of how I had it right now. And like I say, not too many bodies I got on the outside. It's just like that's what we got right now. Let's move to the cornerbacks. Uh, you're, you're starting off. I'll put the old dog up first. We got True Font who we brought in. I think he's still got some juice left, but I don't think he's going to be a dynamic football player. You got True Font. You, you brought in Jeff Okuda. You've got him on the other corner. You got Justin Coleman in the slot. Now, it's kind of surprised to look when you look at the Lions depth chart on their website. It's basically Justin Coleman, and, and that's it when you're talking about a guy that can play that slot, you know, nickel-type corner. Um, not much depth there, and you'll see that based on my projections here. So Coleman's there. A.O., Armani or your warrior uh, is uh, the other corner. I like his game a lot. I mean, he's going to be your, your third outside corner. Again, nobody really still behind um, Coleman. Now they did bring in uh, Daryl Roberts from the jets. Now I, I don't know. I haven't done all my homework on Daryl Roberts. If he's outside or if he's more of an inside guy, but I have him kind of as an Okuda backup at this point or true font backup. Um, the, the last guy that I sort of put in there is uh, is McCray. I believe they brought him in from Cincinnati. I, I feel like you got to have a couple of these special teams demons in here. They brought him in. I feel like he's going to make the roster just by what he does in special teams. Uh, kind of a backup corner to me. He bumped off guys like um, Mike Ford. You know, the windsock we've called him because he's just always flapping in the breeze five years, five yards behind who he should be covering. Um, D Virgin, you know, he's been our special teams guy, but I feel like McCray is probably a little bit better than him as well as he's, you know, used to the new coordinator and stuff that we brought in. 
Um, Michael Jackson is the corner rookie corner they brought in last year off the Cowboys practice squad. I mean, we haven't seen anything from him, so I kind of liked him in that draft you know, as a later round pick, but I don't know that I'm willing to put him above any of the corners I mentioned. And then I got Jamal Agnew on the outside looking in. I'm done with this guy. He hasn't made enough plays. Once they stopped using him on offense, he just seemed to do nothing on defense. He seems like a good kid. He every once in a while will take a punt or kick to the house. But like I said, I'm willing just to give that role to Ty Johnson as well as maybe a, a Huntley type if, if you want to keep him on the roster. So Jamal Agnew is gone. Um, so you're just looking at those five corners. Trufant, Okuda, Coleman, or AO and Roberts. Let's move to the linebackers. Uh, it's kind of crazy that I put this guy as my top linebacker on my list here, but Jelani Tavai, the second round pick last year, I feel like he's going to have to be the, the middle linebacker. He's going to kind of have to be the captain of the middle of the defense there. I wouldn't be even surprised if he's not the guy calling, calling plays um, from his headset. Uh, got him in the middle. Um, Jamie Collins, the free agent they brought in, you know, he's a little bit, Long in the tooth, but I think he's still got some good football left. And uh, to me, Jamie Collins is that athlete, that blitzer, that, you know, guy that's really versatile that you can move around. And he knows the scheme and he should be a, a nice plus player in that role. Jared Davis, you know, I still have as kind of my my third guy on this list. A lot of people have written this guy off. You know, he, he had an interview recently where he said he hasn't seen the best of him yet. And he's still got a lot of room to grow and get better. But Hey, you can move him to the outside and, and go with Davis, Tavai, Collins. I think that's pretty athletic, pretty, you know, interesting linebacker core to throw out there. If you're going to throw three of them, you know, wouldn't you be surprised if they run some four linebacker kind of three, four type sets where you, you got your two big linebackers in the middle and then you got guys like Collins, Reeves, Maben, Okwara on the outside to do some things. Um, that that moves me to Julian Okwaro, Romeo's brother. Got him kind of as Collins' backup. I feel like he's going to be a third down guy. He's going to have some rush, but Collins gets dinged up. Or even if he learns under Collins next year, you'd really want to see a lot from this kid. So I'm excited to see what Julian Okwaro can do, both getting after the quarterback and just being a, a really good ball player for this team long term. Reggie Ragland, I kind of have as the backup middle linebacker. You know, you could obviously see them turning to the vet, you know, if they want to do that. Um, Christian Jones, who they've signed, you know, I have him on this 53. I could see him getting booted if Ragland, Collins, um, Davis, some of these guys really play better than expected. And then I still have Jalen Rees-Maben on the team. I just feel like, again, a great special teamer, a guy that should be able to run and tackle. They've never really given him a great role, but... I felt like he made the squad. Um, this bumped off Cabinda. Jason Cabinda last year was a guy that um, came in here on low level. I had a little bit of excitement about him just based on what I had seen from Hard Knocks and just him as a football player. But um, I think that he, you know, he's just got an uphill battle to see if he could make this team. So I have him on the outside looking in. We were talking about linebackers as well as I believe it's Elijah Lee. And Pittman, all three of those linebackers, I feel like are somewhat on the roster now, but I don't see them being better than the three, four, five, seven linebackers that I have right now on this, uh, this initial 53. Let's move to the safeties. One of my favorite positions. I love safeties because they're like, to me, they're like corners 
and linebackers combined. I mean, they should be able to cover in a pinch. They can run and hit. They also can get their hands on the football a lot if they play their scheme right. And they can blitz the quarterback. They can do all types of things when you're a really versatile, good safety. I think the Lions have a good quarterback there. Starts with my guy, Tracy Walker. Guy I've said is going to be a pro bowler this year. Has really top-end potential. Tracy Walker, I think, is going to be a really fan favorite in Detroit over the next couple of years. I think he's going to get his hands on quite a few footballs, get some interceptions, get some turnovers, and he had a ton of tackles last year. I mean, really tackles well and is involved a lot. Just needs to tighten up the coverage a little bit. Should be good. Um, speaking of tightening up coverage, uh, Deron Harmon is the guy that the Lions have not had in a while since Glover Quinn, a veteran safety that can see things well, can make plays on the football, can lead that back unit in, in a, a really good way. I'm excited to see him. So Walker and Harmon will be your starting pair, I think, right behind that. Uh, Harris, Will Harris out of Boston College, one of my favorite players on the team, to be honest. I just feel like when you watch him move, and he's smart, and he could be a really good leader, I think. He just did not have a great rookie year. Would hope that he'd take a step forward. I really like his game when you're just looking at a guy and you can say, man, can this guy play or not? I really feel like Will Harris can play. Um, Curse, the guy they brought out of Minnesota. This is another guy that makes the roster based on being a special team type player, as well as I see him as being kind of that that Tavon type, that the thumper. I feel like Tavon every once in a while will come down and smack you in the mouth. I feel like Curse is going to be that guy now um, based on how they use him as well as a depth piece and special teams. And then the final guy that made my 53 is Miles Killebrew. I know they used like a, a veteran type new rule contract to keep Killebrew around. I felt like it was probably time to move on. Killebrew, though, is a really physical specimen and he just uh to me he's one of those guys you want in the foxhole with you he just yes sir no sir do whatever you tell him um really hard nose type football player i can't say he's made many plays or played much uh, since he's been here but i just think you're talking about a depth piece at that point so if i got my numbers right that would be uh, 26 i believe on the offensive side of the ball which will get you to the 53 26 on defense 27 on offense that's that's how I see it going down. I mean, it's um, the the Lions. A lot of people are down on them. You know, I think the the win loss is at six six and a half right now in Vegas. You hear a lot of people say, "Oh, I take the under." Or look at that schedule. Or oh, they were so bad last year. I mean, again, this is believe B L E A V and Lions. But I think that when you look at this team, you really can get excited about. Um, the offense being versatile, um, you know, I was about to say explosive, but they were explosive last year down the field when they when they ran play action, let Matt Safford throw it. But I don't even know they need to be explosive. They just need to be, um, you know, very versatile, spread the football around Matt Stafford, protect the football. And none of those terrible, you know, fumbles when you're getting pressured by the quarterback, you know, uh, f- be creative in the run game so that you can actually run the football you know, consistently, let's say that, and uh, and put points up. You know, you got to score when you're in the red zone. You got to be impactful in those type of areas. I think they can do that. Now, let's go back to the defense just so I can sum them up. The defense, I mean, I, I don't mind people having a bunch of questions because there's not many players that jump off the page to you. If I have to hang my hat on certain players on defense, it's going to be Flowers and Hand up front, um, Shelton in the middle, 
You go to your linebackers, I feel like Collins and Tavai are going to have to lead that unit. You go to your corners, it's going to have to be Trufant and Okuda, as well as Coleman. I mean, Coleman is a key. There's that third corner, that slot corner. Need him to play big. And then when you move to the back end, it's got to be Tracy and Harmon. And anything you get out of Will Harris, uh, you know, is a, not only a bonus, but you'd be able to use him where you can move him around and, and let him do what he does and, and be a ball player. So, um, you, you know, the defense, again, is kind of like the offense. There, there's not many people there where you're just sending them to Hawaii or you're saying, oh, man, that's that's a tremendous talent. But the way I see it, which, again, I see it a little bit differently than most. I see depth. I see youth. I see good contracts. I see us paying positions that matter. I see us having young players that should take a step or two forward. And I also think that, um, you know, I'd much rather have a balanced defense with depth and with uh, players that are versatile and whatnot than I would having a couple big defensive ends and, you know, maybe a linebacker or a corner that's all world and being really spotty everywhere else. So, you know, lines were terrible on defense last year. There's no question. You know, I feel like it was injury-based as well as, you know, still getting the scheme together as well as they really cleaned house with players that didn't fit or just weren't the right mentality. I feel like this is the year you've got your players, you've got your mentality, you've got your scheme, you've got your whole uh, culture. Now you got to get W's. So the defense needs to sort of hold, hold their water and, and be decent. And that offense has to be kind of the driving unit where, hey, we're putting up 24, 28 points on average, and the defense is only allowing, you know, 18, 21, you know, 24 points, and we're winning ball games because of that ratio. So I, I think it can happen. I mean, this is the way, 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 way too early 53, but I think that it gives you a good picture of who would be on and off that roster. And uh, what it might look like. I was kind of excited when I laid it out. Just saying, man, I could really see this being the team. As well as maybe one or two question marks. Um, big defensive end. Maybe another interior defensive lineman. Maybe a, another uh, piece on offense. That could just help put you over that hump. To really get people excited before the season gets going. I mean, we've got the money. We've got some things in our back pocket to make it happen. So I'm hoping Bob Quinn can do it. But if you look at that roster in general. You look at the salary cap. You look at his general draft record. I'm still a supporter, I believe. And I also think that, um, you know, this could and should and needs to be the year where you see that really nice uptick, everything come together, led by Matt Stafford, you know, ran by Matt Stafford and the Lions just really ball out and play some good football. So excited to see it. Hope it happens. Thank you guys so much for listening to Believe, B-L-E-A-V and Lions on the Believe Podcast Network. Um, again, before I get out of here, you can also find me on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, which drops um, Wednesdays and Fridays. You can find that on any podcast platform as well. But um, always keep uh, checking me out here on Monday mornings right here on the Believe Podcast Network, Believe in Lions. I'm going to bring some interesting stuff for you. Can't wait to have Logan on next week and uh, lots more good Lions content coming your way. So thanks again, everybody. Take care. I'm out. I believe, I believe, I believe. Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.